You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. On this week's episode, we will be discussing teens, their clothing choices, their hair choices, and accessories. My name is Ashley Parrish. I'm your host. As always, I'm joined by Jessica Pfeiffer. Hey there. And Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hi. So this morning, I would love to ask you guys about an issue that came up. We had an incident this morning with one of my three girls, not going to name names, (laughs) (laughs) not going to incriminate the guilty. Uh, A daughter came down in a too short skirt. Of course, that leads Uh, to some correction and, hey, you're going to have to go back up and change. That's not appropriate, et cetera. This happens often in my house and it's a frustrating source of conflict for us. So how do we handle that in our home? Ashley, have you, I'm sure, begun to battle some of these things in your own home too? Of course. And if it's not the bottoms, it's the tops because crop tops are so in and it's driving me crazy. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so the yes, doctor- this is common. Yes. Dr. Ken, so clothing choices. Who's in control of this area? And I mean, I'm paying for these clothes. (laughs) So I feel like I get a big, loud voice in this situation. But how do we set standards and limits and um, decide who decides? Well, okay. I like the way you frame that because that's actually the thing that teenagers are listening to. So when your uh, unnamed daughter comes down and you tell her that skirt is, quote, too short, the issue is who are you to say this is too short? And it's really important that parents remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very often you waste your time in explaining, um, you know, trying to lecture. Uh, it really comes down to who are you to tell me this? And more importantly, when will you stop telling me this? Because I feel pretty much ready to make this decision myself. That's the whole planned emancipation theme that goes through most everything we talk about. And it's mm-hmm. really important to keep that in mind. It's, it is an issue of control that you will, and very rightfully so, as you mentioned, you're paying for this stuff, uh, rightfully um, establish or maintain uh, control because you have the right to. I mean, you have the right to do a lot of things. But the question with appropriately raising teenagers is how and when are you going to make a handover, I would say, the making of these decisions to this teenager of yours. Mm-hmm. So when would an appropriate time be to do that? Because in my mind, Dr. Ken, it's the day they graduate from high school. Like this would be the <laughs> last thing. Like, I'm maybe gonna when they get a... I'm going to white knuckle it until the day they graduate. <laughs> Which, yeah, right. and, you know, a lot of parents do that now. Um, and I always, it's funny with teenagers when they talk about their perception that this or that thing is not gonna, they're not going to let it go till I leave. You know, you begin to see these these gifts stacked up on your front porch, right outside your front door, more and more uh, that they won't receive until they leave our home. And then we wonder why are they so eager to leave, get away from me? There's all kinds of great <laughs> presents waiting for me as long as I can get away from you. So obviously, the, I understand the concern. But you can, as you can guess, I'm going to recommend that you back that up uh, a bit. Uh, otherwise, they're really not going to grow up at your house. They're just going to get away. So, all right. So one of the things we really have to kind of an, an obvious thing is 
when you're talking about freedom to make your own clothing choice, there is a difference between teenage boys and teenage girls. Mm -hmm. The issue with teenage boys usually is sloppy, something where it's just that, you know, they're not dressed appropriately, but it is rarely a kind of moral issue that, hey, the way you're dressed is too provocative. That's not a boy thing. It becomes a real important thing with girls, and it hits exactly the same time as puberty, which is super conflicted for girls. Uh, You know, I talk to girls all the time. They're virtually always these very pretty girls that feel they're just so dissatisfied with themselves, with their body. They they don't. It's the rare teenage girl that feels comfortable and not incredibly self-conscious about how she looks. So it's tricky business to give opinions about how you should control or sorry, how you should cover your body. So um, in those circumstances, I think, again, you want to start by trying, listen to me, you are trying to let go of this. You want to start giving the message by 13, we're going to try to leave this up to you. Uh, But these are the problems that we still have, the concerns you have. And one of the big ones is girls increasingly uh, have no idea Uh, the effect of how they dress uh, on how they appear, especially to boys. So one of the important things to do is to try to uh, encourage father figures. And I used to use uh, my oldest son to kind of make judgment calls about how does this look? Is it too short? Is it too low? Is it too tight? And and if you have a good relationship, uh, if a a daughter has a good relationship with her father uh, and or older brother, then they have, you know, love it, but there can be a certain amount of trust that, well, these guys know something about the mind of men that she doesn't know, and so she won't love it. But, you know, it's it you can make some lines based on that, that trust me, uh, sweetheart, if you could plug your brain into a boy's brain for five minutes, you would never wear that, yeah, that, that kind of message. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so that's usually where this becomes an issue. Uh, is about whether it's covers enough. And and we really are in a culture now that is really conflicted about that. And our teenage, you have to have sympathy that our teenage daughters are hearing uh, and seeing images of uh, what is supposed to be leading women in uh, the arts and so forth that are dressing in what they think is fashionable, that is just outrageous, uh, but not because we're sort of controlling old-fashioned people uh, but because we actually know uh, the truth of kind of how uh, women are looked at. Uh, so that's usually your first line of uh, concern is how do I draw the line on morality, sort of, or whether it covers you, whether it's too tight, too short, too low, that sort of thing. What about special occasions? How much control should we have over special occasions? And this one has to do with boys, too, because I know there are some teenage boys that want to live in basketball shorts. Um, So what about when we're going to church or there's a special occasion of some kind that require more than basketball shorts? Well, what it really comes down to is like any other uh, area of freedom, you pick a point to which you let which you're ready to let your teenager know, boy or girl, that it is no longer up to us the style of clothes that you choose to wear. So you can do that even with a girl you can divide it into two things. What you consider appropriate style-wise now can be up to you, but we will still reserve right to control something that we think is 
not uh, covering your body enough. So you can start with boys and girls with, hey, it's now up to you to decide what's right to wear. Um, and then if you do that, then like everything else, you don't take it back in certain circumstances. You don't say, wait a minute, this is different. This is your cousin's wedding. So we're going to tell you what to wear. Uh, you, so you want to be careful when you do that. But I would I would strongly encourage you that you need to do that at some point around mid, certainly by not too late adolescence. It's a very important point uh, that uh, re controlling and requiring should be becoming increasingly your not not your go to thing. You're really trying to communicate. So if you have a 16 or 17 year old boy that wants to wear, you know, his gym shorts to church. Um, then you really have an important decision to make about uh, what's the best way to influence this kid. Another lecture, uh, forcing him, another argument, and he goes, but he hates it and feels this con continued over control. Or are you going to add that, and it shouldn't be your only thing, but add that to your list of freedoms where you really let them know, again, this is a powerful message. Son, you're not eight anymore. You're, seven, you're 16 and we feel like, you know, you need to make your own choice about what you wear. Uh, but I got to tell you, son, I'm concerned about what you're going to choose next month at the wedding uh, or whatever. Uh, that kind of communication shouldn't be meaningless. If you've got a resentful kid that doesn't hear anything and you give a freedom and they're unmoved by it, you're doing something wrong as far as the what's supposed to be an increasing message of, of emancipation. That, you, that your teenager is supposed to be able to trust this by now. Okay, so Dr. Ken, what about hairstyles and colors? I know that the girls especially uh, like to do fun colors, hot pink, turquoise, purple. And, you know, some moms are totally okay with whatever. Some moms are not. Some schools are totally okay with whatever, and some schools are not. So I know there are some limits, you know, as far as dress code, but uh, what about the summer, and, and how much do we – have a say in that sort of thing where it's a little more permanent of a decision. Yeah, that's a good point. And remember then, again, what you're talking about is not, well, if it's that shade of pink, I don't think so, you know, or, uh, you know, if you're uh, going to do that hair thing, it, it, it's not, a, you're not going to get anywhere by being nice about it. I'm going to let you do that. No teenagers like, oh, goody, because the base issue still is, why are you still controlling my hair? Uh, so the answer needs to be at some point, are you going to decide, look, that's up to you now. You make your own decisions about hair and hair coloring. Now, I'm certainly not going to pay for it. Uh, I'm not required to do that. But you do want to try to make a point where you leave her to make her own decision or him really about these these kind of things. Um, because just what you said, we have a culture now that has a wide range even of parents and how they deal with their kids. And so your uh, sort of message of, well, I don't care what everybody else's parents are doing. Ours is the right way. That's not a wrong message to give, but there is a point where you have to uh, kind of consider that, hey, this must be really weird for you. That, you know, are you becoming the kid of the parents that don't let you do anything? Uh, but pick a point where you're going to let go of control of their hair. Now, hair is, you know, hair grows back. So uh, that's not permanent. Uh, piercing and tattooing, on the other hand, uh, does not grow back. And that tends to be something that when that comes up, uh, by mm -hmm. necessity, 
you you pretty much it's it's not often unreasonable for teenagers to understand that since this is permanent, uh, we really are not going to be okay with this until you turn 18. Um, that's not even legal. You really can't do it um, without you know a, a tattoo guy can't do a tattoo on an under 18 year old. Uh, kids. So, you know, you can even appeal to, hey, that's not even just us, that's our state. Um, so we're just not going to be okay with that. But I would even suggest that if they are 18, I know they're still in high, in high school, but you could do it until they leave. You could do that. But at some point, um, you know, you really need to be clear that, man, I hate that whole thing you're thinking about doing. I hate it. I know you're going to be 85 explaining to your great-granddaughter what, what was that? And why is that? And you girls are going to think what you tattoo is so cool. But, you know, this seems silly to you, but we believe your body will belong to your husband. And what if he is just hates it? Yeah, it, You wouldn't want to hurt him. But again, at what point should you consider? And I think 18 or at least when you finish high school, we're not going to put new consequences for that. Uh, that has created lots of silly stuff like kids Parents literally threatening that we won't pay for any college of any kind if you get the tiniest Hebrew word tattooed on your, you know, hip where we can't see it. Well, you're not going to really be able to succeed in doing that. You won't know it. Uh, you just look silly. And the other thing that happens a lot is they do come in with their, you know, nose piercing or whatever. And I'll ask parents, so, all right, so you're not going to give them another dime. They're out on the street. That's what you said. They're done. <laughs> you, you have no relation. They're 19. They've got a little thing in their nose, and you're finished. That's what, is that what you're going to do? And, you know, you really, it's like a chess game. You really got to be clear that if don't threaten stuff you're not really going to do. So you really want to try to maximize the message you're giving, uh, whether that's clothes, certainly for girls and the issue of how they're viewed, uh, hair and how that is the effect that has, but even what they do to their body. But, uh, you know, you've got to consider that this movement toward emancipation is not an option. It just, it has to happen. And you're either sort of lights on and with it and willing to time that to a reasonable degree, or are you just going to look silly? Dr. Ken, I have another question about the clothing choices. I know we've talked about tattoos and piercings, but I want to go back to clothing real quickly to discuss what if our teenagers are choosing clothing choices that maybe are like all black. So they're more of like the gothic or yeah. they're profane language on the shirts or they're just inappropriate messages. What do we do about that? Well, a couple of things that will help with that, you know, if you know your that their school will not approve, then um, you know, let the school do that. But at the on the other side, what you've talked about there is two different things. Uh, profane language, by the way, you know, obscenity and profanity are not the same. So obscenity is essentially your bathroom words. Profanity is using the Lord's name in vain. So it's funny because I think Christian households actually uh, should have a stronger line on profanity than obscenity. But we never mm -hmm. think about that because our television uh, has the reverse. You can say any profane thing you want, but you're not allowed to use bath bathroom words. That's one of the many things our culture just is completely uh, uh, turned upside down. So I think those are two different things. If it's profanity, uh, if it's you know kind of obscene stuff on their shirt, even school isn't going to allow that. We're not going to allow that. We can't let you do that. That's usually a kid trying to uh, kind of in your face. 
But mm-hmm. if it's if it's a style that is all black that looks more and more depressed and so forth, again, I would assume that at some point, you know, you're going to let them choose that style. Uh, I think it's really important that you parents. That's where your communication is real important. That means something. It may not mean as much as you think. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're super depressed, but it certainly means that they're with a group that is. Um, that this is kind of the the expression of how they are, and it's real important to really talk with them about that. The least effective is a control battle where you don't – I don't want to know why. I've already decided you're just depressed or you're sick, and so we're not going to let you wear that. No kid you know, comes away after a three-month control battle feeling less depressed because they didn't let me wear black. That, that <laughs> doesn't actually accomplish anything. So um, it's it's definitely a kickoff point to talk to this teenager and, and again, on a regular basis, go back to the advice giving, which starts with, look, can I just ask you about what you've chosen to wear? Because, sweetie, I, I'm, it's up to you. You're 17. We've already talked about that. But, honey, it worries me. I'm only telling you this because I'm worried for you. And let me just tell you what. So you're talking about you. You're talking about your concern. Um, but you're not getting into an unnecessary control battle that won't get you anywhere. Uh, So I think you really do have to pick a point where, yeah, you take the risk of what if I am going to church with this goth looking kid? um, You know, I think you have the right to say, listen, do you mind going on in that door? I don't want to go in the same door with you. It's embarrassing. (laughs) I think that's good. And I was just about to ask, what do I do about my own concern of what judgments of other people or comments from other people, you know, grandma saying, I can't believe you let her wear that or him wear those black clothes or get their hair, you know, dyed pink. So what do I do with those judgments that would be passed on me because of my kids' choices? How do I handle that? Well, I think that's a good example of where, you know, I have, I think one of the chapters in the book is called our confused culture, because you will hear from otherwise well-meaning and intelligent people, even family members, that will let you know, I can't believe you're, quote, letting her or letting him do that uh, as if uh, they were super successful in their day of what do you do to make your 16 and 17 year old change how they dress. Uh, that it, It's a weakening stance. But, you know, the other implication of what you're saying is that that's really the biggest part of this is what if I go to church or I'm in public and this teenager of mine it makes me look bad. It, that's really what a lot of this comes down to. I'm embarrassed because I feel like this teenager reflects on me. And I don't really think that's a great thing to unload on a teenager. You know, you're representing our family. I think is is not wrong, but I think it's not very effective with teenagers because again, their whole point is, yeah, but in, you know, 10 minutes I'm going to have my own family or be away from you and you that that's not a huge influence. I think that's mm-hmm. a spiritual struggle. It ends up very often the secret issue behind this is this teenager is making me look bad. And that's a kind of pride in parenting that this whole process, part of the good for parents is to uh, recognize that, you know, you, you no longer uh, really shouldn't ever have, but you really no longer can derive uh, this implied good for me because of how my kids behave. That makes them just simply a robot that is expressing everything I told them to and making me look good. Mm-hmm. So from all of this conversation, I've kind of been thinking about how I need to really focus on prioritizing matters of character and let go of some of my uh, matters of preference 
And then obviously, and especially when they're children, you know, really focus on their character instead of preference about what they choose to wear, even when they're younger and the things that they enjoy. But um, as they get to be teenagers, just realizing that uh, my kids don't necessarily reflect what I would like them to wear um, and I don't have to own it. Right. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, um, And just to let them have a little um, space where I can say yes. And, um, and then also giving them freedoms as appropriate as they grow up. So, yeah, let me have one comment about that. We, this is, cause I thought about this the other day, if you still have younger children and you're listening to this, I got to remind everybody, don't do this when they're young. A six-year-old needs to be told, nope, you march back upstairs, young man, and change that. That's not okay. And here's Mm -hmm. the funny part is that we're now living in a culture where we really like to indulge our children. And I'll just give one example. It's not really a, it's not a big deal, but, you know, I see a fair number of little girls in the grocery store in a ballerina outfit. And Mm -hmm. I don't think she just came from practice or whatever, because, hey, that's what she wants to wear. Or he's in a little superhero thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to show my age here, but my mother never let me wear my Halloween costume to the grocery store (laughs) because that's not what we wear. So the Mm -hmm. funny thing is that we'll be kind of uh, almost patronizingly indulgent of our little kids like as in they don't need to worry about how they're perceived by others or whether that's respectful to others. And then we all of a sudden turn around and want to sort of sit on them at the very stage when it really needs to be up to them. So mm-hmm. I really want to encourage parents, don't worry about or don't feel like you're supposed to start letting go of uh, you know children. I'm perfectly fine with you really teaching children how you're supposed to dress when you go to church, which, as you've noticed, is changed hugely over the years uh, mm-hmm. as to what even adults are saying. Uh, how you're supposed to dress when you uh, go into public is an important thing to teach young children mm-hmm. so that then, yes, then you're clearly, like you mentioned, choosing uh, to let go of uh, things based on preference and then uh, choosing to let go of things even based on uh, how uh, the sort of morality of it, uh, how they're covered uh, so so that you're giving over uh, that that clearly that control over to them, which is the whole point of preparing for adulthood. That's an excellent point. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for this conversation this morning. I appreciate some help with my current issues, <laughs> and I appreciate uh, the conversation about how to guide our kids in what they are wearing, how to let go of some of the control and maybe ease some of the control battle going on in the mornings as we get dressed. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com. 